This is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Cherry Leaf Podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at a recent announcement by Google. And it was on the Google blog. We'll provide a link to it in the show notes from May 2019. And it is about Google adding rich results support for how-to content and FAQs. So let me read from the blog post and then let's talk about it. So the blog post says, today we're announcing support for FAQ and how-to structured data on Google Search and the Google Assistant, including new reports in Search Console to monitor how your site is performing. So for a number of years, Google and a number of other organizations such as Yahoo have been working to encourage more semantic structured content on the web. And Google was one of the founders of a website or a body or a standard, you might call it, called schema.org, which sets some rules or some standards for writing semantic meaning to certain types of web content with the encouragement that that will improve the ability of the search engines and also mean that you're, if you're using these, more likely to appear higher in the search engine rankings. So the news that has come out from Google is that with schema.org introducing a standard for writing how-to articles and FAQs, Google is going to work to encourage organizations to use those in their web pages. So let me read on a little bit more from the blog. How to rich results provide users with richer previews of web results that guide users through step-by-step tasks. For example, if you provide information on how to tile a kitchen backsplash, tie a tie, or build a treehouse, you can add how to structure data to your pages to enable the page to appear as a rich result on search and a how-to action for the assistant. Okay, so let's explain that a little bit more. So one of the ways in which Google uses this type of information or rich information as it describes it is in the search engine results. So for example, if you type in information such as a recipe or a football score or the weather, what often you'll see in the search engine results from the search engine providers is that answer in the search engine results. So if you're looking for a score, say for example, Catalan Dragons against Wigan, you type that in, you'll actually see the result in the search engine. You don't need to click on to a website to find the answer that you're looking for. And you see these little boxes of rich information that appears in Google. And Google also uses this type of approach with the Google Assistant, the voice activated devices, the speakers, the intelligent speakers, the intelligent assistants that you can get for the home and also that you can use with your smartphone. So what this means is that if you search, how do I do this or that, then 
the move will be for Google to provide that answer in a window in the search engine results without somebody having to click through to a relevant page. And that's going to mean for end users, they're more likely just to look at that one top result that Google serves up rather than pick from maybe three alternatives, the best three that appear in the search engine rankings. So how is the how-to standard or template going to be applied? Again, let's go on with the blog post and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit further. So the post says, add structured data to the steps, tools, duration, and other properties to enable a how-to rich result for your content in the search page. If your page uses images or video for each step, make sure to mark up your visual content to enhance the preview and expose a more visual representation of your content to users. So what this means is that the search engine results that Google serves up could include videos or images in those results, particularly where you've got smartphone assistant or the like, where it might run the video for you. And there's a little bit more on the approach for the assistants, the speakers. Your content can also start surfacing on the assistant through voice guided experiences. This feature lets you expand your content to new surfaces to help users complete tasks wherever they are and interactively progress through the steps using voice commands. As shown in the Google Home Hub example below, which is in the, the blog post, the assistant provides a conversational hands-free experience that can help users complete a task. This is an incredibly light way for web developers to expand their content to the assistant. So if you are somebody who is writing content, which involves people using their hands, so you're writing instructional content to maintain or service a physical piece of equipment, this gives you the opportunity to describe your instructions with voice, with sound, so that people can listen to what they should be doing and do it at the same time. And the way in which Google is implementing this means that from a development side of things, the web development side of things, that it's going to be relatively straightforward. So there is a structure for these how-tos and what is defined by how-to is instructions that explain how to achieve a result by performing a sequence of steps. And this is defined on the schema.org slash how-to webpage. So we're still writing content that is HTML. So we're still going to be using div tags and uh, heading ones and heading twos for things like lists of items that are required. But there are certain semantic markup that we can use, such as preparation, which we can mark into div tag, and we can add attributes to div, such as an ID equals steps for the set of steps that are required in the action that's to be done. And there is a very long list of properties that we can add to our pages, our how-to pages that conform to schema.org. 
So let me go through some of those. Estimated cost, so the estimated cost of the supplies that are needed to, to complete this action. Something called perform time, which is the duration, the length of time it takes to prepare or perform the instructions, I should say. Prep time, the amount of time it takes to prepare the items. Steps, which is a single step, which is again similar to what you might do in Ditter. We've got tool, so an instrument or an object that's to be used to complete it, to carry out these tasks. Total time, the total time required to perform the instructions. There's also something called the yield, which is what comes out from completing these instructions. Quantity, so it might be by doing this you create 10 widgets. Now to make it easier to implement this, what Google is also producing is templates. And there's a template for you to make it easy for you to create a video, a how-to video, and for it to appear in the results. And what the template that Google has developed does, it allows you to add your how-to video guides and their steps to a Google Sheet. Google Sheets is their, their spreadsheet, their equivalent to Excel. And then after completing those quick steps, what that produces is what they call a fully working action, which you can then test and submit to Google for approval so that the action can be invoked through one of the Google assistants, through one of the speakers. So when users want to invoke your action, they're able to select one of your how-to guide videos and they can watch it and that can be in conjunction with the steps being written out. And also what the user is able to do is to tap on a specific step and to go straight to a particular point in a video. So what does this mean for the technical author? What happens if you're writing your content semantically today, but you're using Ditter? Does this mean you're going to need to abandon Ditter or another XML standard and go to this schema.org how-to approach? Well, no, because what can happen is that you can still write your content in a structured way using XML. What you'll need to do is just change the way in which you publish your content. So when it's converted from XML to being HTML, to get the most out of these new standards, is to publish it so that semantically the delivered HTML conforms to the schema.org schema for how-to instructions. So there was another schema that has been announced and that is for FAQs. Now generally within the technical writing world, we tend to discourage people from using FAQs because they're rarely questions, they're rarely frequently asked. But if you do need to write FAQ pages and people are likely to search on certain questions in Google and you want your answers to appear at the top of the list, then again, it would make sense for you to make sure that your FAQ pages conform to the frequently asked schema that's there. If you look at the schema for FAQs, there isn't anything particularly specific that you probably need to consider. There's not, not a great deal of specific markup in that structured semantic markup that's there that you would need to pay attention to. 
This also suggests that Google is going to be giving greater emphasis on spoken content than it does today. That its ability to take the spoken word and to transcribe it to be text and to index it will mean that it will include that into the search engine results and give that prominence also. As an indication of a sign of that is that Google is now indexing podcasts. And if you search on a particular podcast now, what can happen is that you can see the list of episodes in the Google search engine rankings and you can actually play those episodes directly from the search engine. You don't need to go to a player to play them. Another consequence of Google paying greater emphasis on structured data is that it does help make the case for an organization to take structured content more seriously or to give it greater prominence than it has today. That by having structured content on your web pages, you'll do better in Google. And if you write your content in a structured way from the start, then it will be easier to make your web pages structured and get that benefit that Google is promising or that prominence that Google will provide. So anyway, that's it for this episode. Just a short one on the change that's happening within Google, something to keep attention to. Until next time, if you want more news on information about technical communication and its developments, don't forget the Cherry Leaf newsletter. If you go to the Cherry Leaf website and sign up, then you can get our free monthly newsletter with a list of links to articles and news developments such as this one. You can get that free of charge. You can get that every month. So do consider that. And if you want more information on Cherry Leaf and their training courses, same place, cherryleaf.com. Oh, thank you to the people who have rated us on iTunes. These are our first ratings. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Until the next time. Bye-bye.